Michael. No, no, Michael. That was so not right. Michael, yeah. race control. Go ahead, Toto. You need to reinstate the lap before. That's not right. Toto? Yes. It's called a motor race, okay? Sorry? We went to car racing. Oh, my Lord, Max! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Welcome to another episode of Rear of the Grid. As always, I'm your host, Matt. I am joined by the man who is an opposite of Nostradamus. It is Jashan. A Nostradamus? A Nostradamus. I like hey, that. yes. I like that. And I'm also joined by a man who can only be immensely satisfied with how authoritatively Ferrari romped home to P3 in the Constructors' Championship. It's Spencer Hudson. Smooth operators. Smooth operators. And on this week... Grazie, grazie. <laughs> and on this week's show, we well, we obviously dissect all of the controversy and fallout from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But on top of that... I give what I think might be my favorite and most impassioned speech ever in just support of how fucking good Carlos Sainz is at driving cars. We uh, take a moment to uh, remember the career of Kimi Raikkonen. And I have a third thing I want to say, but I don't have a third thing in my head. Someone give me something so I can say something. Please help. <laughs> You've already <laughs> said three things, you dickhead. No, I know, but like the the... The talking about Abu Dhabi was like a third segmented thing, and then I was gonna have three other things we talked about, and then it's all just fallen to pieces. That makes five. That makes four segments. You've already said three. Se- I'm aware. Oh. And uh, Jashan roasts the fuck out of Lando Norris a lot. He's so bad. All that and more on this <laughs> another episode of Rear of the Grid. You're a fucking jerk. <laughs> Here we are in review of the most cataclysmic clusterfuck of everything that was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the season finale to one of the greatest and most uh, stress-inducing, if you're me and you get over-invested in things, um, real-world television series ever made, the 2021 Formula One season. Um... I mean, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you've probably found a way oh, to check it out, boys. Check well, it out. Give it a look. I imagine even if you're someone who just listens to this pod because you're the mother of one of us, there's probably still a good chance you've seen something about it because the talk of this race has been everywhere. It's transcended the sport of Formula One. Um, but before we jump to that, Jashan, yes. apparently you have an announcement. Yeah, big announcement. So today, me and Matt, our voices might sound different oh. because we have made the move from recording on a dining table to recording on a pool table. So just watch out, boys, because this sound quality is going to be fucking mega. But no. Um, At the start of this year, when we started this season, my goal was to reach a 1,000 cumulative listens on the podcast, which, you know, a 1,000 is a nice number, but that's cumulative, not like a 1,000 listeners. That's a 1,000 cumulative listens. So it's actually not that much of a... It's not that much of a goal. But... A couple of weeks ago, it was looking like dead set, never going to happen. We were uh, sitting at about 800, 
But then we had a massive spike a week or so ago. We got 200 listens in a day. So we have made the target. Wait, what? Yep. We How does... I don't know why, but it happened. Did and the Russian bots find us? I No, American bots. The actually. American bots. It was bots. the Americans. We're going to get sponsored by Andretti. USA. <laughs> USA. They, USA. They heard us talking about Logan Sargent and Pato Award like way too... No, Pato Award's, Pato Award's Mexican. They all, the the Americans hate the Mexicans. Fair enough. Come on. Logan Sargent. And they're like, fuck yes. Colton Herder. These guys know their th- stuff. Let's do it. So we've reached 1,000. I'm very happy. How many have we had since the two American spy? listeners. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just bots. It's okay. I'm proud of the work that uh, you two boys have done and uh, the work I've done mostly, to be That's honest. Fair. You've definitely done most of the and, work. Uh, hopefully it's just one small step I'm, on the I'm road to maybe, great success. Maybe three or four takes I've had. The, yeah, rest of, the rest of what I've done on this show has been absolute fucking garbage. I'm a dead weight, <laughs> but, you know, here I am. <laughs> Still here, still kicking. Still we're gonna we're gonna reach ten thousand next season. You watch. What happened to the second pair of scissors? That's what I want to know. I have no idea. Like each knife block had a pair of scissors. I don't know where the second. So pair of strange. I've been I've been trying to figure it yeah, out for, for months. Yeah, and I have not. I've got I've, no I've idea. Got two words for you. Benny Bates. We, for the listeners who are listening. Um, this isn't going to be in the podcast. Yes, it is. We are currently moving out of our apartment, and we we're we're missing a few items. And it's very confusing. But regardless, definitely our third there, was some, there was some racing that happened to talk about, right? Yes? Yeah, there was good F2 this weekend. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Spencer, did you watch qualifying? Yeah, it was a lot. I did, yes. I also watched qualifying, thanks. I'm throwing to Spencer. Thoughts, Spencer? <laughs> um, well, I mean, Red Bull seemed to... Seem to maybe be a little bit under the pump. They, for some reason, started to push out on that second lap on the mediums in Q2, which um, hurt them rather dearly with the softs. Um, we'll get to that one later. But, I mean, <clears throat> there weren't too many surprises. So, you know, Ricardo qualified poorly, which, you know, is disappointing, but not a surprise. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, unfortunately, George. could not get out of Q3, or sorry, Q1 in his last F1 race. Um, not surprising, but again, disappointing um lando was very very quick which is surprising considering the car that daniel ricardo has seems to be bugged possibly but i think the uh i guess the the mvp or maybe the most improved driver on the grid for the weekend had to have been yuki sonoda um he qualified in p8 and the alpha tauri all weekend looked rather fucking quick um and the alpines looked rather slow which was quite surprising. I thought that they'd yes. have a good end to the season. They've been oh, well, they've got him and uh, Ocon and Alonso have been seesawing between having good weekends, and both of them fell off the seesaw this weekend. And as Matt <laughs> mentioned, yeah, George Russell in his final qualifying in a Williams P17 and a good point point zero eight seconds He's... behind his. I, I got his I gotta just the Canadian say, sleeper cell. Le, Latifi, <laughs> you just missed Spencer make a really good joke. My bad. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get a good giggle when you're Did we this. forget to talk about Van Amersfoort racing in the F2 podcast? 100%. Fuck's sake. It's all right. We've got an off-season pod. It's all yep, good. True, true, true. Um, it was it. Latifi out qualifying George here made me really sad that it happened a few week, few races ago for the first time. Because how, how beautiful would it have been if in George's final race for Williams, having out qualified his teammate in every single Williams start to that point, and it was like his last race for Williams where he like... Passes the torch. He's like, here you go, Nick. Out-qualify me, mate. 
Straight up, I think George has been tapped out since he made the Mercedes signature. I think he's been oh, he's been focusing on his up, PR training. Straight up, I'd agree. <laughs> I, I I think I think he's been he's been he's been assimilating with yes. the Mercedes symbiotic master plan. Yeah. We'll get to you later on, <laughs> and I'm already like, oh, it's gonna make it really really hard to like George. I hope Oscar gets here really quickly. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that later as well. Yes, so many much foreshadowing. Yeah, Spencer touched on it. The one real notable thing I think from Quali was Max Verstappen having the massive lockup on what should have been his race tire, the mediums. He said his first Q2 run in. Because obviously your fastest Q2 lap, that's the tire you start on. And obviously the plan would have been, like Mercedes did, qualifying the mediums to get through, starting the medium for the race, you're on the strategy you want to be on. And then Max would decide to have the mother of all lockups and ruin that set of tires, which forced them to go out on a set of softs, put in a lap, and split the strategy. Which was exciting, but not really what any of us in the Verstappen camp, I think, wanted. You You just want to be on the more logical strategy, I think. And um, it, pa- it panned out like that as well. It did. Day. It did definitely pan out like that. Obviously, then yeah, Max converted that into a pole though in Q three, which was impressive. He was quite a bit, oh, decent bit quicker. He was three and a half tenths quicker, which seemed to bode well, but didn't necessarily eventuate in the way we all thought it might. But uh, I suppose onto the race. Do we want? Do we want to just start with seeing as at a point that race start Verstappen on the softs, Hamilton on the mediums, and yet Hamilton won out fairly quickly quicker yeah. than maybe we would have thought he would have yeah look, we had the boys over to to watch the race um, and you, know, you were pretty keen matt you were pretty excited pretty focused and then matt on the sorry max on the softs hamilton on the mediums obviously you you need to get that start right if you're max Verstappen, you yes. need to take the lead and you need to make the most of that soft tie and you didn't he completely lost out to hamilton and at that point you were already threatening to go to bed oh yeah i i played this by the book, if there's one thing I learned from living with my younger brother over the years and watching him play like games of FIFA against me or against you and that, the second you go behind, just start complaining about how it's bullshit, you hate the game, you suck, you never want to do it again. You've and been doing this on somehow, purpose the entire time? Somehow it all, yeah, because it's somehow it all the way, it's, I don't know how it works out because logically the karma should just mean you suffer more. But for somehow, you karma it so hard into the negative that it like inverts like in Pirates of the Caribbean where you've got to, you know, face up. <laughs> Do you face know how many times we like changed from playing Halo to FIFA or some cricket game because of your incessant complaints? I don't know, I'm talking about how my, I mean, this isn't my strategy. Or this ha- is my brother's oh, strategy. Oh, okay, okay. This Fucking Anthony. An- this is Anthony's strategy. When Whenever we'd start beating him at FIFA, yeah, he'd yeah. be complaining about it the whole way. But then he'd that. somehow, he'd rally at the last minute, scored two 90th minute goals and he'd win. And then he'd be like, yeah. And you'd be like, dude. You were sucking the entire time. And that was my strategy here. I was like, he's gone behind. I'm just going to complain, complain, threaten to go to bed and hope it all works out and I get the outcome I want. And hey, it worked. Hamilton looked really fucking good. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. It wasn't just that Hamilton got in front. It was Hamilton got in front and I was like, oh, he's already way faster than Max. This is ominous. But um, Spencer, did you, I mean, did you read it the same or were you still holding out your crazy levels of optimism that only you can pull off sometimes? Oh, yeah, I was, I was opti- op- optimistic. I think this season has taught us anything. It's that it's, it's just been a fucking crazy season. Um, I mean, the first 20 or so laps was pretty fucking tough to watch, um, particularly once those soft started to wear on Verstappen's car and Hamilton was just... He, I, I mean, honestly, the way that I that we sort of predicted it, like I, I had more confidence in Hamilton being able to, to pull out lap after lap and 
he was doing it in that first stint. Um, but then once once Sergio started giving him a little bit of dramas prior to his first pit stop on this, because I thought initially Sergio was on the mediums. And then when I found out he was on the softs through all that, I couldn't believe the fucking fight he put up. Yep. And I I don't know, that gave me hope because I thought, well, if, if Sergio can put that much to a fight up to Hamilton, then so can Verstappen. But that mistake that Verstappen made while behind Carlos Sainz um, on the the entry to the last corner, had he have not made that mistake, he probably would have had just enough extra extra speed, extra extra time to actually be up with Hamilton in the DRS range heading into that second straight, but it wasn't to be there. Yeah. But when when that virtual safety car came out for who was it? Was it Giovinazzi or was it Raikkonen who pulled up who who triggered the VSC? It was, it, look, it was one of VSC. Um, I once I made that a VSC, I thought that it was done. Um, Hamilton Verstappen, of course, switched to a, a fresher set of hard tyres. Needed to make what was it 0.8 seconds of a lap every lap on Hamilton to to get to him at the end, and Hamilton okay, yeah. started pulling off purple sectors with yeah 20 20 20 lap older tires. The only surprise there was, was he didn't tell Bono his tires were gone. He was starting to say, "Oh, oh, no, oh my did. tires were going." He did. He oh, didn't okay, say Bono, okay. but he was he complaining did. about his tires. And then he pulled off a couple of purple sectors. Now, before, we, before, yeah. I was say, before we get to what Spencer's clearly building here, the crescendo of the race, we should probably jump back to a few things. The first thing I really want to talk about is. Can, Spencer's already sort of mentioned it. Can we talk about Sergio Perez? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before what, that, before, the lap before one that, incident. Before that, the lap one... I can't remember what the lap one incident was. When Hamilton oh, just... Oh, yeah, the lap one <laughs> incident. Yes, another clear, another good old uh, shortcutting a corner. Lewis Hamilton found the most time-efficient line through the turn 5-6 chicane. He made, what, like 15 seconds, not that, but like five seconds on max, and then just... <laughs> <laughs> gently ease back maybe three of them till he was about at a second and a half margin rather than side by side, which is what they were at the apex of the corner. So what happens? Okay. Before, I'll, I'll let, before you, you go on your I'll angry... Let, I'll, let, I'll let you talk it through properly. <laughs> Turn six, Max takes Five. the corner. No, it is... Six. It is... I'm sorry. Max right, takes the six. corner, albeit aggressively, but he takes the corner. It's his corner. All right? It is his That's corner. the key thing between this and the Saudi Arabian yes. stuff. Quiet. He was in. He Max was, was in front. This was Max's corner. Yes. Hamilton refuses to back away, goes off track, and just drives straight through the runoff area and regains the lead, and an advantage in doing Who's so. Jay Honda real. A two, two and a half, nearly three second advantage, I'd say, in doing oh, so. Huge. Zero penalty. And didn't give it all back. So Max he, he did this twice in Saudi Arabia, and both times was penalized. Yes. I was befuddled. Confused, yes. bemused. Are you, are you also on the this was bullshit train, Spencer? Well, 100% it was. Yeah. It was an egregious fucking relaxation of the rules where you... I, I don't understand what what the F1, what the stewards were looking at. It's If Hamilton had coasted, got back onto... The, even if he'd let Verstappen overtake him for a second and then just re-overtaking him again like Max did in Saudi Arabia, I would have been okay with that. But the fact that that early in a race, what you want to do is get a second, a one-second advantage mm. because you don't want Max in your DRS, particularly at those those two straights where you saw all race, the, the slipstream... I mean, even without the DRS, the slipstream is just fucking ridiculous there. It's huge. Two long and straights back-to-back, it's big. That's... And obviously, we're not as angry about it for... 
I mean, spoiler alert, what happened at the end of the race, but it it seemed very odd to me early on, and it's almost a precursor, that Michael Massey and F1 in general were almost officiating this race like a playoff game versus a regular season game or a finals game versus a normal uh, game in Australian this... sport, if you want to do. And it seemed that for the, the sake of racing, mm-hmm. or not even racing, for the sake of, like not pissing anybody off, that, yeah, they allowed Hamilton to make an, a very unfair advantage. And in the context of the race as well, you've got to think that Verstappen was on the less ideal tyre. Yeah. So no matter what Mercedes, no matter what Hamilton did, it should have been a five-second penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It should have been a five-second penalty. Like not, even, like, not even slap on wrist, not even take it back, because... Hamilton knew what he was doing, and then for them to say that Verstappen, I think they said that he forced him off. Verstappen and like was going to initiate the contact. Well, no, like you see it later in the race when people are dive bombing down that turn, the car on the outside has to le- yield, and Hamilton left a massive gap there. If you no longer go for a gap as a racing driver, oh. you are no longer a racing driver. That quote's getting some good. It's runs that simple, today. and Hamilton, Hamilton has done the same thing before. Yep. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I don't understand, and and that's it. Like yeah, like overall, like I just, it's and it, of course, like people are going to be biased. Like you're going to be biased towards the team, but then the, the, fucking the response from Mercedes after the fact as well, like, they they came up with excuses as to why they believe that they are okay. Mm. What are you making up excuses for? Like unless you're guilty. Yeah, thought, and they yeah. got away with a massive one. This was this was the it was huge. This was the first step in what was easily because we've talked about it all season. We've not been impressed with the stewarding, the inconsistency in that. And I'm someone obviously as we get to it. Now I've seen plenty of comment in terms of what finally happened. Just directly like, oh, this was clearly just the FIA wanted this particular party to win. I think that I, I think that's bullshit because I'm easily like, what about all the things that went to Mercedes? I think the real the take is the FIA, the stewards, Michael Massey, the decisions have just been not even necessarily used to it. It's just it's the inconsistency. They've just it felt like they've made it up as they've gone yep. all year, and that's because there's been things that have gone Red Bull's way that shouldn't, and there's been things that have gone yes. Mercedes way that shouldn't, and it, that's a thing. It meant that unfortunately the last thing, and we'll get but you yeah, will get to that. But yeah, this was. This was the first iteration of what was, I think, the FIA stewards, Michael Barcy's piece de resistance of just making the fucking rules up as they go. Yes, This the was the beautiful culmination to the shit show of this season. May yeah. we never hopefully see it again. I thought the most telling part of this particular incident was that Brundle and Crofty were firmly on Hamilton's side here, but... Uh, the analyst without dementia, namely Jensen, Jensen Button, that Damon was the Hill, and even I, I, I acknowledged that in the broadcast. Yes. You know, when I was like, I was like, Jensen's on our side, boys. Yes. We yes. must be right. Jensen's on our side, and Jensen has a good relationship with Lewis. Yes, and they can see it for what it was. So that was telling. But um, yeah, the next. Uh, yeah, I okay. feel like we've. Can we talk about him now? Yeah, can well, we, can we talk about him? Or is there something else you want to talk about? Because Max had to pit into traffic lap thirteen. Do we care about that? Oh, that's a that's Hamilton a valid point covered to make. the lap later, so you know they were on pretty similar. That was the big thing because I I said to you I I'm doing the thing I was like the one card Max has here is try and undercut him. Yes, and if he can get a really good outlap, make up a bit of that ground, maybe get in front because just uh, like in theory, I think the hard tire would have been good enough to go to the end. Consider how Hamilton's went to the Hamilton, end, yep. and it, like obviously that, but the only reason Hamilton, like if Hamilton, if that was a normal race, and that Hamilton's side would have made it just fine. Yep. 
So, and the thing was, if Max can go One to the thing end, that I will say, sorry. No, no, go for it, go for it. Bef Lord knows I cut Before we get into the... The... The uh, the meat of our sandwich, shall we say, mm. if the pod is a sandwich, is I think what what Mercedes showed us in that first pit stop was one thing that would come back to haunt them, which was conservative. They were conservative this entire race, and like you said, Dishant, so Verstappen switches to the goes from the softs to the hards. He went he went in on what lap fifteen or so. Maybe lap 12 13. early. 13, 13. Mercedes on the medium tyres on the very next lap go in. Yep, fucking Spencer's just stole so the point I was they about didn't, to make. What a <laughs> They didn't push those mediums as hard as I think they they should have, particularly with the pace that Hamilton was showing early on in that race. He went, what, like I think three or four laps in a row. Fastest lap, fastest lap, fastest lap, yeah. fastest lap. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And they had a they had a, a spare they had a fresh set of hards and they had in quotations a scrub set of hards which they did one lap on, whereas Red Bull didn't run hards all weekend hmm. prior to the race. Interesting. And yeah. that yeah the the fallout of that is you had Perez leading the race, fo followed by Hamilton and then Max kind of weaving his way through the pack to catch up, which he eventually did. But then yeah. I don't know whether I can have said because I'm hoping you I, I can remember it for how Olsen was. I can't tell you any of the specifics of where things happen. Ham Hamilton caught up to him in lap twenty. But like yeah, I just want to say before we get to I was gonna preamble a bit and then I'll maybe let you take Go us through it. the actual battle. Okay. I feel like on this podcast we've talked a lot about Perez and his role as the number two driver and like the Red Bull quest for the number two driver and that. And I feel like on the whole, I would say the consensus of this podcast has been while Perez has been good at an upgrade on Albon. He's fallen short of, I think, where we were all wanting him to be and what we were wanting him to do as an two driver. I think yes. we've often said he's been a bit disappointing, underwhelming. I said it to you when we were watching the race live, and I stand by it. Forget about every other of the 21 races that came before that this season. In that one and a half laps or whatever, Sergio Perez earned all of the money he's made driving the Red Bull this year, and he earned all of the money he's going to make next year. That one thing. Obviously, and that's the I even said, even if it was a case of after all the work was done and Verstappen was just too slow and Hamilton drove away again, Sergio Perez closed that gap from what was it like eight or nine seconds? Yes. So I think about a second and a half. Yes. In just over a lap. He slowed Hamilton down by seven fucking seconds mm. over the course of one lap of Abu Dhabi. That is probably the single greatest piece. And obviously, I'm not that, but for me, that was the single greatest piece of number two driving. I have ever seen in any category ever full stop. That was incredible. That was just textbook. And that is why they hired Sergio Perez. And he did it on what would have been a fucking completely dead so set of yeah, softs, which is, which is yeah. why they hired Perez. Cause I guarantee that set of softs for the content. Well, when everyone else pitted in terms of the same number of laps, I guarantee Perez's were in the best state cause they were Perez's. This is why he was the hire there. And this is why it was the right call. I don't even want to disrespect Albon here, but just simply... Know, Albon, you can disrespect Albon. Albon at the point of his career and that and where he's at, Albon could not do what Perez did. I don't know whether... I mean, I don't know whether anyone else could do in the willingness to do it what Perez did. I think that obviously speaks to the quality of the relationship between Verstappen and Perez. I imagine that... I think they've obviously got a very good relationship and Perez was only too ready... 
and we saw it even later. Perez was only too willing and accepting to compromise his own race yes. for the good of the team, for the good of Max winning that championship. Sergio Perez is a fucking legend. And let's look, go back to qualifying as well. Just Sergio Perez finished P4 so he could give Max a toe. Yes. In Q3. I, we forgot that as well. He did that. Yeah, a brilliant toe. Ultimate. Jashan, do you want to give us take us through that lap itself in a little bit? More yeah, detail? yeah. So Hamilton caught up to Perez lap 20 and then Perez basically just kept him... Battled him for a lap and a bit, like you said. It was, you know, Hamilton took him, Perez took him back a couple times. It was some of the best driving Hamilton, I've seen. Yeah, so Hamilton get him into turn six, like the first year I straight, I and Perez, so, yes. Perez took him back yes, yes, down yes, the second yes, yes. one. A lot of anyway, trading of slipstreams, a lot of... It's come to me now. He made that beautifully aggressive move yes. to the inside of nine, just basically forced his way through and said, no, mate, I'm coming through. I'm going through. In terms of just defensive driving, do you have this on par or better than or lesser than Alonso's defensive driving on Hamilton earlier in the season in Hungary? And this is both of you. I want both of your thoughts. Do you want to go first, Spencer? Oh, this one. Mm. Without a doubt, this one. It's um, interesting. Yeah. See, I'm going to go the opposite. Contact. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. I'm going to go the opposite. Obviously, with the context applied, and this is the much, much, much more significant, that mm. not even comparable. Yeah. Although, I mean, the Alonso defensive did, you know, if... Hamilton had won that race, he would have won this championship. Oh, true, true. true. We can get into the nitty-gritty but, but if you no, want. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd say this was that. I'm still going to take Alonso because... Ah, oh, see, it's hard. So I'd take the Alonso because the Alonso one was for a significantly longer period of time true. and with a lot more. And, like, he, you know, he really, really did that. But on the flip side, Hungary is one of the notoriously hardest tracks to pass at. Mm. This layout, this new layout of Abu Dhabi... Not so much. That's true. So, you know, it was completely feasible with just putting the car, because a very short straight, the one DRS zone in Hungary. So if you can, you know, just make sure you get a good run out of that last corner and survive that DRS straight, then it's just about positioning your car in the right spot and it's not impossible for something to get by unless they've got a real, and even with a big, huge pace mm. advantage. And Alonso was able to do that for about three or four laps till finally Hamilton got a good enough run down the main straight. Mm. Here... I don't think Sergio Perez could have been expected. I mean, that's the thing. I would have I would have been happy. I was fully like, oh, you know, if Perez can keep me here for a few corners maybe and let Max get back, you know, a couple of seconds, sure. Because I think early on, like, we had our mate, Tim, Tim was like, oh, he's not done much. And then I was like, mate, I mean, the gap's come down by three. The gap's come down by four. The gap's come down by six seconds. Yeah, yeah. And then there was that beautiful and, shot of, like, Hamilton and Perez on the main straight. straight. And, and then, then just, Verstappen. there was Verstappen. Yeah. So I've started out going it was the Alonso one, but then I've actually taught myself around. Just into the context, not only the context of how much this meant for the title fight and that, and the sacrifice Perez made, the context of, I think, holding off a car that was just so much faster and on better tyres than you for a lap and a little bit mm. around this Abu Dhabi circuit probably more impressive than holding off a car for four or five laps on one of the hardest tracks to pass in Formula That's 1 fair. in Hungary. So, yeah, I think it was, it was this. It was Paris. That's fair. And then basically from then on, yeah, you had Max having a go, but Hamilton ultimately kind of edging away, edging away, edging away. It felt pretty inevitable at this point that Lewis would be winning the race in the championship. Yes. Until... Well, no, well, the, fir- the, first point was, the first point was until, as Spencer mentioned, yeah, Giov- yeah. Giovinazzi came to a stop out on track. That brought out the VSC. Mm. Max went for the pits for fresh tyres, which we thought was like, oh, it's not going to work, but it's roller dice. Because basically he came out and the commentators, of course, and they have to do it, but the commentators were like, oh, here we go, you know, Max and that, could this be? Yeah, he only yeah. needs to catch up at eight tenths of a second per lap. And I was like, well, 
that seems very unlikely. And he had he had a couple of laps where he kind of couple of fast sort of that. Yeah. But even I remember there was one lap in there, like three or like five or six laps into the stint where he closed a whole second. I was like, oh, he made enough that lap. And Tim very smartly having already done the mass and knowing that because he'd been falling short the other laps. Yes. What he needed to gain it or he gone up. He's like, well, he didn't because he's already up to needing to go like one point three. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And I basically said straight away, I was like, I reckon at best he maybe closes it to single figures. He didn't have what it like stored out around like twelve seconds. I think he got two around 10 seconds. He, okay. But like, he just wasn't getting close because he was what, like 20 odd seconds behind when he came back out? Or less. 14, 15. Yeah. It just, it just, yeah. yeah, Completely impactful. But then we got to the moment where, as uh, Spencer said earlier, was it the uh, Canadian sleeper cell, did you call him, Spencer? (laughs) (laughs) I did, yes. Nicholas Latifi. I can't even remember what he did. I just know that. Ah, mate. Was it him or was it Mick Schumacher? Was it Mick? It wasn't even Latifi. It was Mick Schumacher going, you're not breaking my dad's record, mate. (laughs) It was Kicks into... No, no. They they just kind of went wheel to wheel for a bit. Mick didn't do anything unreasonable and then Latifi just lost it, drove into a wall. (laughs) Basically. Did he not? Or did he very subtly force Latifi off the Maybe. Maybe. It was very subtle though. I don't know if the Germans are known for their subtlety, but this was quite subtle. I'd argue apart from a couple of notable incidents, they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> Ever been to an Oktoberfest at the Bavarian Beer Cafe, mate? That's a fair point. Pretty unsubtle. <laughs> That's, a fair point. That's a fair point. I'll, I'll pop that. <laughs> but, okay, at this, it was lap 53. Max didn't have a chance, and then Latifi drives into a wall. I was getting a drink at the time. I, I heard you go, you boys all scream, like, oh, fuck, it's happened. And I'm like, okay, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go. But your initial reactions, did you think, all right, safety car, we're on here? Or did you think straight away, there's not enough time? It my, my, well, I, I, you can attest, my straight reaction was, oh, and then very quick, like, with you, I was at, and then within like the first half a lap or so, just the vibe I was getting, I was like, yeah, there's not enough time. Because mm. that's when I, I just went back to my room and started preparing for bed. Because I was <laughs> like, true, I was like, this race is finishing under safety car. There's no point in me being out here for this. Especially, especially when they made the first call, and we'll discuss that, of where they were like, you know, then they're like, oh, we're not going to let the lap cars through. But yep. even, even before that, I was like, I just don't think they're going to get this cleared away in time. Yeah. What, what did you think initially, Spencer? Do you remember your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thought was that they were going to red flag it. Yes, me too. Me too. Because yeah. it took them fucking ages to get even, even get the car moved. Head. Like, get Latifi's car moved out of that spot to begin they with. They had to crane it out, um, yeah. But on on the second time round, like once Verstappen pitted for tyres, and once he went back out there and the five cars in front, I thought there was no way because I was, you know, I was looking at the laps counting down and just I know from fucking I don't know if you boys from fucking F one twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, those fucking safety cars can drag on if those at the back don't fucking catch up. Will you race with safety cars on? Yes, please. Yeah, fucking oath I do. Boring as shit. Mate, and I turn those bastards up, mate. You That's, would turn them up. Stop. This motherfucker. He's right. It's a free pit stop. And the safety car—they never come out, so you got to turn them up. So it's actually realistic. Mate, when I'm when I'm when I'm the eleventh fucking best car on the grid, and I can't drive for dick, Daddy needs some. Life. Whenever I play you in the game, you inevitably just quit because you can't handle the split screen. <laughs> That's true. I'm. <laughs> Slit screen and ADD, not a great mix. <laughs> My screen's boring. I know what's going on. So I've got to look at the other screen because I'm like, I wonder what Jashan's doing. He's racing people. And then I'm like, oh, I've driven into a wall. Well, this is Every fun. fucking time. So you thought you, you were kind of losing hope as the laps were counting down. I, I started to say, the big one as well for me was when 
about halfway through it and like Max had done his pit and that and then they flashed up the mini map and there was still fucking cars miles back from the yes. train and I was like yes, yes, yes. we've got at least another half to three quarters of a lap before these guys catch up and then well, if they're not letting the unlap cars through that or if they're letting them I was like I just I just don't think there's enough time yeah all the yeah all the cars were pitting for fresh softs etc 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 they brought in Perez, and at the time I was like, why the fuck would you bring in Perez? This will just make it all drag out longer. But then they just retired yeah, Perez's retired cars. Perez. For an engine issue, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sergio, failure. Sergio, Sergio, uh, when you do a box, 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 the engine is um, <laughs> not <laughs> engineing anymore, and the car might spontaneously combust if you do not box... Right now, and Sergio was like, oh, "Understood, lads. Understood. I got you covered. I got you covered. Comprende." I believe is what he said. Yes. Good man from Sergio. Perez. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm trying to think I've ever seen a tactical retirement before. That was amazing. It was pretty sick. Was... But you still had five cars in between Max yes. and Lewis, which is the problem. And at this point, the FIA had told everyone, "We will not let the lap cars overtake the safety yes. car. This was not going to happen." Yes. Right. And this lap fifty six. You know, you kind of start feeling, well, yeah, okay, this is fucked. Yeah, it's there's no way he's going to be able to make up the 10 car legs, the yes. 5 cars that represent. Yes, and then the lap, the start of lap 57-ish, or maybe midway through, or 58 laps in total, yes. remember? Yeah. They're like, all right, fuck it. The five laps, the five cars in between Max and Lewis, you can you can go, overtake the safety car, go, and we're going to bring in the safety car and resume racing for lap 58. That was yes. the decision. At this point, Toto Wolf lost all of his brain cells, <laughs> And went insane. Yes. And as much. did all of us, we were like, okay, 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 Well, because at that point, it was basically like, this is, well, not for that, but this was suddenly, suddenly it split from like 90, like, you know how when, when you're watching the cricket and they'll flash up like the win percentage thing? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it'd be like Australia, 90%, India, 10% or whatever. Yeah. And that, before this decision, it was very much at this point, it was like 99.9% Lewis, yes. 1% Max. And then in one swoop, yep. Marcy flipped that to like 95 Max, 5 Lewis. Yes. And you were like, whoa. And I'll, obviously, I want to jump to Spencer saying that. For me, my thing here is the actual final outcome of the decision, the idea behind it, I do not think was flawed. I know, in theory, the rules, I believe, are that you've got to let the cars come through and get... I don't know whether you have to let them rejoin the train, get a certain portion around the lap, but I'm like, this is a kind of situation where I'm like, you can slightly manipulate the rules and go, hey, as long as we've got, once they're like a sector clear, so there's no chance the leader's going to catch them and it'd be dangerous. We don't need, we're not going to let them get as far around because you know we don't want this championship to finish under a safety. Yes, car. I think that's all right. My two issues here with why I do think the this is the thing this should have just been completely fine and they should have just gone, hey, once we get to a point where the track is cleared, if this if we're not on the last lap, we'll let the cars unlap, get to a safe point. And then we're gonna let you go racing for a lap. That should have been the that should have been the decision they made from the start. The issue here was the fact that they went, all right, we're not letting everyone through. So everyone's gone, all right, we're done. We've won. I mean, Toto would have been pissed either way. Yes. But I think he's more pissed as well, because at that point, he's very much just like, All right, relax. The issue is they changed We their have mind. won. And it was the change they mind, and it was also the way they changed it. It was the mm -hmm. fact they only did the five cars between Lewis and Max. Yep. Not also the three cars between Max and Carlos. Ricardo and included, I've seen, I've seen, confused. yes, <laughs> I've seen some people and that like, oh, because that didn't matter. That's not the title fight and that. But I'm like, the, the cars are like, like, we still had a decent, it's not like they only just got the cars out of the way halfway through the final sector. Like mm -hmm. they did it on like 
the main straight or like it was a deal. I don't I don't understand why they didn't do the cars between Carlos and Max because that wouldn't have spent that that would have been like what an extra like five seconds for them to run lap and clear off like they still would have been able to do everything the same. And at least you've removed that area. Of, mm-hmm. well, this is really clearly title manipulation because you've just let the two in that. And that's it. Because and to be honest, because I, I did see a few people like again being like, "Oh, you know, they didn't do that because it's just about the title fight and that." But like, you know, Carlos does it right. And to be perfectly honest, as much as Carlos will want to be careful not to, you know, take them out, like I don't think Carlos is not going to overtake Max and get into P two just because oh Max is fighting of Lewis. If Carlos struck out, Carlos is going to that. And you know. What if that's the thing? In what if Hamilton and Max's battle? What if just Carlos had, you know, seen a bit of an opening and dive on Max into turn five and suddenly he's ahead of Max and then fuck, that's it, you know? Hamilton wins then. And I don't think that would have happened because I just think Max is tired because I don't, did, I don't, did Carlos pit as well? I don't think so. I'm not sure. So they, Max, dude, dude, think, dude, the yeah. camera work throughout this entire section is, is not, yes. we don't know anything yes. of, we don't know anything that happened to but anyone else. But the fact else. of the matter is, I think Max, just Max's level and how on Max is clearly here and Max is tired. I don't think Carlos would have got passed, yeah. but Carlos should have been there. So there was the possibility of that. So that's the thing. I think the right, like actual call was made, even if yes. it was a slight manipulation of the actual rule book, because like, yeah. I mean, Michael Massey didn't need to be so... I don't think Massey needed to be so fucking sassy to Toto as much as I'm sick of Toto and that. But he's right. Like, it's, it's a, a motor sport. race. We went car racing. <laughs> that, that is what it needed to be. It's a fucking motor But sport. they fucked up getting there so hard that I can understand why Mercedes is so ticked off and why people are so ticked off. All you needed to do from the start was be like, all right, guys, we get time. People are unlapping. They're not going to fully come around. We're just going to get them out of the way to a safe zone. You two are racing. This is what's happening. We've made our decision. And there'd still be people being like, oh, nah. But, like, they'd have a much, much more better leg, a platform to stand on mm. than what the absolute clusterfuck they produced. And, like, it's hard for them to have a defense. And they're possibly, you know, they've possibly left themselves open to Mercedes, Mercedes court legal action, which I think is still a possibility, and mm. losing it, which will be a real just, that'll be a fun podcast for us. I think, I think they're protected by the rule book because... Uh, the articles that Mercedes have protested, I think they have enough protection that they'll be fine. But I still think this is a garbage decision. What yes. they did was fucking garbage, quite yes. frankly. And if it wasn't Hamilton losing and Max winning, I would be irate, Matthew. But I'm happy with the result. So I'm kind of more lenient. Now, I irate about the overall de- overall decision or just the way they actually The way they did it. it. The way they, if yeah. they had made it clear from the start, okay, we are going to aim for racing specifically, then, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's we'll mm. work it out. But they waited until the last second so to again, make that decision. It was a new decision. level. Not only was this an inconsistent decision, but there was inconsistency in how they made the inconsistent decision. It was fucking ridiculous. Spencer, and I, I completely understand why Yeah, Spencer, where, where, where do you fall on this? Well, uh, first, I think I'll say that the amount of people that you can tell don't really follow F1 that were fucking posting this, that, and the other on social media and... You know, all the fucking memes about the FIA and fucking Red Bull and, like, all the bullshit. You've got to look at it from a contextual standpoint. And not even from this season. Like, you've got to think back from a lot of other seasons as well. And this sport is is inherently rooted in luck. Like, 2008, Lewis Hamilton wins the World Championship because Timo Glock is on dry tyres in wet conditions and Hamilton passes him with one lap to go. He beats Felipe Massa by one point after having a terrible race and finishing fifth. Fucking Massa. But nobody talks about that, do they? 
Nobody talks about how lucky Lewis Hamilton was to get that. They just say that was one of Lewis Hamilton's seven championships. And the BBC fucking luck. So let's just start there. Yeah. That you get you get luck with for you and you get luck against you. But let's go back even further. Let's start off with, oh, I don't know. How about Silverstone this year? Yep. Well, Hamilton took Verstappen out of it. Yeah. Lost him like lost Max Verstappen eighteen points. Is Max Verstappen even finishes fourth or fifth in that race, which would have been fucking easy considering that the penalty that Lewis Hamilton got. And that's the thing as well. When you go by things from the rule book, right? When we discussed it with the pace advantage that Mercedes Benz has over the rest of the field, a ten second penalty was not would have not have been felt as much for a Mercedes as it would have an Alpha Tauri mm-hmm. or. Uh, Alfa Romeo or the fact that he could extend that period so he could get even further ahead of the field to make it even easier for himself right so right there again like there's a 18 plus 7 there's a like there's a 25 point swing in the championship yeah forwarded on as well like Max Verstappen was going to win Baku and he had a tyre yep. failure but also equally Max like, Verstappen should I still Lando think Lando Norris was going to yeah yeah Lando Norris and Sochi sorry go yeah that that like if Lando Norris goes on the right tire there and he wins that race like he should have, then Lewis Hamilton wouldn't would have would have needed the fastest lap of the race and with the speed that the Red Bulls had they would have just pitted Max Verstappen put him on the softs. Valtteri had absolutely no fucking pace at all to do anything about. And more to the point, on count back Verstappen would have won because they would have had the same amount of wins. They would have been tied on points, but then Verstappen would have had more podiums, so he would have won the championship. Yep. So, like, you can't just look at this one... T- and I, I'm not going to say right now that what the FIA did wasn't a little bit fucky. But I agree with Matt where, like, they they could have completely fixed it by simply saying in all the fucking rule book that all of these rules will be used discretionary <laughs> at the discretion of the race director because there doesn't ne- the safety car doesn't need to be in for another lap. I'm of the opinion that a safety car shouldn't count towards a lapse. I think it's stupid. To have a safety oh, car like count that. towards yeah. the fucking uh, total uh, laps because you're not racing. Yep. And more to the point, the biggest thing the FA fucked up with, if they really wanted to make it a spectacle, it should have been a red flag. You should have had yes. both of them on soft yes. tires for the last Agreed. fucking Can five you laps. imagine you how heated Sergio I would be? Sergio and Max, yes. like a pack of fucking yes. dogs chasing. 100% agree. That, that would have been the way to go. You would have got two laps of DRS, you would have got three laps of no DRS racing, and you would have had a fucking, a proper, like literally like a five, a five lap. F1 race for the yes. championship. That would have been the, the best option. Yeah, I think, yeah. But again, as well, like I feel for Michael Massey, where that to, cunt yeah. literally has the entire world watching him and he has to make so many split-second decisions. And honestly, like this, imagine if this championship finished on a safety car. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. And I think, I think Spencer, Spencer mentioned the red flag. I think that's a big thing as well because I think a lot of the things that, like, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think you can say, oh, this was the FAA fix it for Max to win because that doesn't stack up with other things. If that was the case, Hamilton would have got disqualified in Silverson, not a 10-second penalty that meant jack shit in the end. Like, there's been other decisions. And I'm not going to say the FAA was trying to bring it for Hamilton either. Like, they're just that. And at the same time, Spencer's right. Like, if you're going to have a real, you know, if, you, if you're going to get annoyed, if, you, you know, if you're not going to get annoyed, if you're going to get annoyed with being like, oh, they've just tried to make a really entertaining thing. Spencer's right. The most entertaining thing they could have done, which would have shitted me off to no end, because I think um, gridded up restarts, like standing restarts after a red flag are just the stupidest thing in the sport. You just start single file into the safety car. It's ridiculous. 
particularly with four laps to go, that would have been fucking so insane. But like, that's what they would have done if they were just like, oh, we want it to be super fucking entertaining. They just worked through what they thought on the fly. They were like, I think this makes the most sense. We're just trying to get something and still not have it finished under the safety car and everything. So like, I don't think Michael Massey has necessarily, I don't think the stewards have been any good this year. I don't know whether I think Michael Massey has been all that great as a race director. No. But, like, he's also just human and trying to make the best of it. It's yeah, Nico Rosberg had a banging quote. Like, the world is watching and he has to take a decision in 15 seconds. You know, yeah. It's the last lap of the final I race know. of the championship. The most pressurizing situations. His decision <laughs> provided us all with a magnificent racing moment, an unbelievable climax. Michael's job was incredibly tough and he will need support through the winter. This is all Nico Rosberg. Yeah. It's imperative the rules are improved and that next year we are in a better position. And I think yeah. the point he made was that team principals, A, should not be able to contact the race director. 100%. And B, Damon Hill mentioned this, that I don't necessarily think the race director should be broadcast live to global. No, to I, I don't. I Like, I've generally, I've started that, that. It was kind of funny and novel in the early part. The longer it's gone on, this has significantly impacted my enjoyment mm. of the season mm. because I've just got, on both sides, I've just got sick of hearing, as I said, especially doing this show on that, like, it's hard enough, and I try to follow social medias, and it's hard with all of, there's been so much venom on social media in the last couple of days, that, but it's it's so frustrating when even in the race, I'm hearing, because it turns, that's the thing, I'm sure, like, it's obviously you're going to see Toast like that, and you, I'm going to read it, but, like, I've always, I don't know, I can live with Toto making a sniper coming after the mic because I'm like, you get that. But like, and that doesn't necessarily feel like whining. That feels like a man who's just angry in that. Yeah. And I probably still, that's the thing. But this has killed, genuinely killed me liking, and it means in weird ways respecting Toto and that. And sometimes Christian and Jonathan, whoever the, you know, yeah, 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 director, I know what you mean. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's just we've been listening to them. And like, I understand why they're doing it and that. Oh, and 100%. I don't know. Yeah, but like, I can even sympathize. But at the same time, it's just, you know, it's 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 so hot. It's the thing. Microphones in rugby league have killed my love for a lot of players. The second mm. a player I like, I know this is controversial with me as a Queenslander. When Paul Gallon was just a dude at the Sharks, and that I actually really liked Paul Gallon because I thought he played hard and he scored lots of fucking points for my fantasy team. <laughs> then he became then he became Cronulla and New South Wales captain. And every time a decision went against them, I'd hear him come up to the ref. And, you know, as he needs to do because he's the captain, he'd have a whinge and try to plead their case. And I was like, dude, this is, you're so fucking annoying. And I, Paul Gallon became one of my most hated players. You're a fan of his boxing I don't, career? I think he's actually not half bad for an amateur boxer. Fair enough. He fair got enough. completely wrecked when he fought an actual boxer. But he's <laughs> not an actual boxer. He's a footy player who boxes. Indeed. But um, that's like, I just, yeah, I don't like it. And I think, Jashan, I know you were about to, I think, a little bit, about five minutes ago, I'm going to start bringing up the whole Max getting the points in Belgium, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my point to that, see, and that's the thing. I'm like, with the way all the different decisions are going, I actually think it's kind of equilibrium now. I think the big four things we can think of are the points in Belgium. Yep. Silverstone. Yep. It, this one wasn't a bad FAA call, but like Valtteri Bottas did eat both Red Bulls in Hungary, right. which cost them massively. Yes. And then this one at the end of the season. And I'd argue... And Saudi Arabia as the, well. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd argue, you know, if you want to know... Um, you know, this you know, Silverson cancelled out Belgium. That was a that was not the same baggage because they both have scored plenty of points and that. Yes, I'd say Silverson maybe cancels out. Um, the, maybe they shouldn't have given points in Belgium, and this cancels out. You know, the juju of Bottas wiping him out in yep. Hungary and that. But uh, but the big thing with this is the big lasting issue with this because if this had hap- is that this happened in the last race of the season, 
if this had happened in Monza, it wouldn't have been, you know, great. We'd still probably talk. It'd be something like yeah, the way you bring yeah. up Belgium. We would bring it up. But I don't think it would have the same magnitude and the same level of vitriol in terms of people going, ah, oh, absolute asterisks on the championship. Because it'd just be one of the things. And we'd probably see it much more of a just, you, this was the various different mixed bag of decisions that were really weird and went both ways. It's because this is the one in the last race. This is the one thing. Like, in 10 years' time, most people, I don't think, will remember the fact that Belgium had two laps behind a safety car, but half points were awarded. Or that Lewis nerfed Hamilton, um, Max in Silverstone. Or that mm. Bottas forgot what a breaking break was in Hungary. <laughs> but everyone is going to remember that the FIA made a very confusing to how they got the decision that suddenly brought Max back into it, which won Max the championship. And it's because it's this last race. And that's not, that's not the FIA's fault or anything. It's just one of those unfortunate things... That, that but like this is nothing more egregious than any of those other incidents it's just that this was the last race of the season yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just and i imagine more probably with the fact they came in there i guarantee you there was probably a lot more casuals watching this race oh, of course it's and that because every, it was, it was so hugely hyped up yeah so it's, it's just awesome. it's just one of those things i don't know whether you've got anything more to put in spencer golf digest posted an article that was like, if there's one F1 race you should watch in your life, it's this one. Golf Digest, for fuck's sake. Like, the, <laughs> literally, literally, the Golf entire Digest. world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm. the the drive to survive all, all season. Like, that. I don't know how oh, they're ever going to top this. I'm not kidding. And, like, this is this was oh, supposed definitely. to be a season they probably that we should were just waiting to just get over and done with so that we could go into the new regs for next season which we'll be talking about in depth in a later episode. So stay tuned, you American bots, hey? Hey, fucking yeehaw. <laughs> um, but it's, it is that thing where, like, I get that live sport, like, one of the things that's supposed to be beautiful about it is that it's, it's unscripted. But at a certain point with everything, there needs to be decisions that are made. And we've spoken about it a lot, where safety always needs to be at the absolute forefront. S- safety, like... If Michael Massey didn't wasn't thinking of safety, they would have let the cars over like overtake the the safety car three laps earlier when Nicholas Latifi's car was still on the track. But he wanted to wait. So literally he waited until the very last minute yeah. to make sure that it could be as safe as possible. Like the only thing that I had a problem with, I think as well, is that you should have just let all the cars overtake because somebody like you were saying about yeah, Carlos Sainz as well, yep. Daniel Ricardo got the best seat in the house. In terms of watching that battle, yeah, yeah, but right. he, like, have you seen I, the quote? Yeah. Why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah. He pitted into because tires. you're Max's biggest fan, Daniel. You deserve the seat. He might have been able to push, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was so but weird. It, it is that thing where it's like at the end of the day, like I, I do not care about the cars that are running in fucking. Honestly, like Carlos even yeah, said, 100%. like he's happy about a podium that people will probably never remember. I don't give a fuck what Daniel Ricciardo has to say when he's Name in a more iconic duo than Carlos and a podium that will just not be remembered. It's his fourth of the year, by the way. I, he's been... We're going to have to talk about that. I'm we will. Gonna, I've, got, yeah. I've got a section dedicated but, um, to Ferrari. Can I just make a, a kind of silly, but kind of... Because uh, I'm we'll possibly talk about this. Obviously, Charles Leclerc had the... In the helmet can this week. Which yes. Was fucking... That is the single coolest camera angle ever. Of all camera In angles. everything. Ever. Interesting. That was amazing. 
You know what they should have done? They should have. I don't manipul- mind POV person. That's fair. They, they should have. <laughs> they should have manipulated things. They should have just said, "Hey, Carlos and Charles." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we de- we deserve to have Charles behind that, so we could literally see what Charles was seeing out of his helmet. That would have been. Can you imagine just watching that entire lap from like? Charles's fucking because Hamilton fought been, back. Oh, it was a brilliant back. It was honestly almost. It was well. It was probably a little bit better than the Perez and Hamilton battle, which was already fucking insane. Hamilton fought like, his heart out. Yeah, he so. Oh. At the end of the day, Max Verstappen is champion. He is the yes. first ever Dutch champion, the first non Mercedes champion in the hybrid era. He is the fourth youngest to ever win the ship. Can you guys name the top five aside from him? Fourth, uh, Hamilton himself is in there. Yes, he's second. Um, Sebastian? He's first. So two more. How old is Max? He's 24. 24. Oh, what sort of era are we talking for them? Are they both more modern or... Oh, one more older? one more modernist driver and one older driver. Fernando? Yes. Fernando. Yes, yes. He's, fo- he's our third. Okay, so the ones... What? How far back are we talking? Oh, Schumacher. Not, not Schumacher, no. Jacques? No, Emerson Fittipaldi. Ah, oh, so way back. Way back. Way back. Yeah, well back. That makes sense then, yeah. Emo Fittipaldi action. That's the top five. He gave Honda the first win since 1991 as they leave the sport. He earned his third hat trick, so win, fast slap and pole of his career. And he broke the record for the most podiums in a season with 18 to do so. This is the thing. Okay. You can't make the argument that Max Verstappen didn't deserve to win this title. Oh, no. Both drivers deserve to win this Correct. title. Correct. But Max led most of the laps. He broke the record for podiums and he won the most races at the end of the day. So, you know, he probably would have gotten 20 I think if he was still listening in Hungary as well. The best thing I saw or heard about it was that Lewis deserved to win the race. Max deserved to win the championship. That's a fair I think shout. that's pretty fair. I like that. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, because Lewis Hamilton didn't set a foot wrong. Like, I don't... Like, obviously, the corner cutting, like, you know, say what you will. The the Sky Sports saying that, you know, like... And especially when they're talking to Horner, 10 laps to go. Um, oh, yeah. you know, like, what do you need here? And he's like, oh, we need a miracle. But then earlier, Sky Sports said, well, now with Hamilton um, absolutely pulling away like he is, it doesn't really seem like it's going to be... Like that, the the turn the turn five incident is really going to matter too much. But it's like it, it would have though mm-hmm. because context of everything. Even under that first virtual safety car, like the like, Verstappen would have had essentially an extra three or four laps. And the thing there is that if Verstappen, like they wouldn't have had that one lap buffer, is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, Mercedes wouldn't have been able to wait for Verstappen to pit and then react if Verstappen had, had stayed within that three, four second window. Who are we to know that Verstappen, if he gets through turn six in that last sector where you can't really overtake, pulls away and gets like a one, one, yeah, one half second lead? Like how much the, That's the sector that Hamilton didn't the Red Bull spend most. barely a single lap behind turbulent air. Yeah. Whereas Verstappen did, and we know those soft tires go off quicker. So Absolutely. there are just all these little things that happen, but like this race overall was an absolute fucking stonker and yeah like this season was just ridiculous like even before this final race like with the hyper around like they were tied on 369 and a half points Verstappen has 18 out of 23 podiums yeah and the fact that he had 18 out of 23 podiums and he still only just won yeah by fucking six yeah. points nah. or seven points whatever the fuck it's, it was it's insane I've got just stupid I've, I've got two quotes that people have had on sort of this that I'd like to run through and then I think maybe it's time we are Move on from things, this segment. Yes. Have you? Well, have you? What have you? Uh, oh, I just wanted to. Only have one we even spoken? We haven't even spoken about what happened. Sorry. 
We've only alluded to the fact. We haven't actually, like... Oh, yeah, Jashan, do you want to, like, take us through the lap or something, mate? Oh. We haven't actually, like... Uh, the, all, if, our, if our viewers hadn't watched the race... <laughs> he makes a good point. We've not actually Michael mentioned Massey the final something. Well, yeah. Uh, Max made the pass very I think early. Mick Schumacher did something. Nicholas Latifi did something as well. <laughs> Michael Massey fucked up. No, we described what, what Latifi did in immaculate detail. Thank you very much. But uh, real quick, yeah, the fallout... This was only only one other race has been won with a last lap pass in ten years, which was Hamilton on Rosberg at the twenty sixteen Austrian Grand Prix, and it's the first time since two thousand and eight for the title to be split. Obviously, Mercedes yeah. with the constructors and Max with the drivers. Then it was Hamilton with the drivers and Ferrari taking the constructors. But yeah, you had one lap of racing. Max took the he, he got the overtake done pretty quickly and yes. defended. From Hamilton a couple times. Hamilton made a few pretty decent moves. But at the end of the day, I think it was... Oh, yeah. Christian Horner actually had some pretty good words to say, if I can find it. Yeah. So, we needed the intervention from the racing gods. And thank you very much, Nicholas Latifi. Fair enough. The safety car came at a crucial moment of the championship. It was an important strategy call. And I think this is worth noting. Mercedes made a mistake by not pitting with the safety car. Fair enough. We made the right call. Max made it work. He did. We use it to our advantage. He made the pass. He did. He's the world champion, which he yep. is. Yep. The pass was beautiful. It oh, was done it was very well. And the defensive driving, I think, was even more impressive. Yep. To prevent Hamilton from retaking the lead. Yep. So, yeah, fair enough. Fair play. I've actually got one more thing before I get to these questions. So okay, fair um, enough. Fair uh, enough. It was, do we want to, well, can we all just say that, uh, roast George Russell real quick. As Michael, it, this as, isn't right. Also, I think it's totally, Yeah. <laughs> that was... Uh, he's just shocked when Michael yeah. Marcy no, was Michael, like... No, this, it, it's no. You know, it's motor racing. It's motor racing, what? dude. What? Yeah. We went motor racing. There's been a whole fracas of people sharing their opinions. Everyone's either furious or ecstatic. Um, you know. Now, we all know I am the resident George Russell yeah. fanboy. And as I, well, I alluded to earlier with him, he was busy completing his, um, you know... Uh, assimilation to the symbiotic yeah. Mercedes machine. Um, I can't remember that, but he cheated something all just like unacceptable. This is unacceptable. And then expanded on it. He was like, "You're Max, a great dad, but like this is," and like, no, I it wasn't. It was all about. But to be straight up, just like, I just thought that was that. And I mean, I'm not surprised by that comment and that. Like George is, you know, towing the team line of what mm-hmm. is now his team and that. But I was also like, I just think that was a bit unnecessary. And I really was just like, fuck off, George. Fuck off. Fuck off, George. Just fuck That's off. the title of the podcast right there. Fuck off, oh, it's George. It's disrespectful to uh, Sergio Perez, but... Yeah. Um, look, it's... But, uh, yeah. George says it was unacceptable. Norris says he was not too sure about the decision. He thinks that it was done for TV, which is... <laughs> Nor- Norris towing the line between his mate and his Britishness. Yeah, I Can't piss off my Brits, but, like... <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad Max won. Ricardo was confused. Alain Prost insists the FAA made a huge mistake. Gasly signs Tsunoda, Ocon, etc. They're all singing Max's praises. Will Buxton is writing... O- wait, Ocon! 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 Ocon's on Max's right. side. The Matrix is broken. Will Buxton is writing wanky think piece after wanky think piece. Well, that's all where Buxton does. You're finally understanding. Yeah, uh, yeah he loves it. But, uh, yeah. So, I have two quotes I want to analyze that. I'll start with the one that I dislike, and then I'll finish it with the one I like before I actually drop a, well, a, a quote of my own, and then my piece to resistance quote to mm. just move us on from all of this. So, Spencer, before I do this, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to put in about the whole final lap, title fight, FIA decision? No. <laughs> um, but 
Fuck yeah, Yuki. And fuck yeah, Carlos. Nice. All right, my first, my first, oh, no, you need, I want, you won't have things to say about this. I don't want you to leave. I can still hear. I'm just pouring myself a beverage. <coughs> yeah, but I don't want you to leave is my point. I'm not going to be leave. I'm not going to be gone for that long, Matt. Fair enough, like fair enough. 30 seconds. For a second, when you first pulled the first one of those, and, like, I didn't realize, I was like, are you just, like, straight shotting fucking, like, vodka no, or I'm something? I know, no, I know. And then you went and got the bottle of Coke, and I was like, all right, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> all right, so the first quote, this is a quote from Eddie Jordan, which I just think was a bit unnecessary and very just, I just, just, just unnecessary. So his quote was, this is on, on Lewis Hamilton. He's allowed someone as aggressive and arrogant, it's a bit unnecessary, as Verstappen to upset him and steal his title from him, which is that. I think Lewis has been nice for too long, and I think he needs to harden himself up again. Ah. Which I think was... I that's, think that's the dumbest that's, shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. That's unfair life. to both drivers have just put on one of the greatest title fights of all time. lived with Matthew for a year, and it's still that the dumbest is, thing I've ever I heard was in my like, I mean, life. it's not surprising, because it's Eddie Jordan, but I Who just the thought fuck that is was Eddie so, Jordan? He's the former team owner of Jordan. Oh, Eddie fair Jordan. enough. <laughs> yeah. But the one I actually did like, which is rare, because I don't necessarily think Coulthard's always the greatest um, commentator and analyst, but um, Coulthard's comment on Hamilton was, his commitment is unquestionable. He showed why he was a seven-time world champion, which I agree with. He is a phenomenon. He'll be there next year trying to win his eighth title. This is just another moment that will not dilute the many great moments in his career. And I completely agree with that. Mm. Like, this does not tarnish Hamilton's legacy or anything. All he's shown all season in Max Verstappen eventually winning this is, as much as I hate to admit it, why he's a seven-time world champion. Lewis Hamilton is really fucking good. Like, even though Max won this, I don't think you can say, ah, see... The first time Lewis actually had a real challenger, he just crumbled. No, nope. he didn't. He took it down to the right last thing, and if one, you know, thing had, and that's it, he had it won before the racing gods interjected. Like Lewis didn't lose his championship; Max won it. Having gone on a three race winning streak, yeah, as well, exactly. To off the season, like that's fucking ridiculous. If anything, I reckon Hamilton's stock went yeah. up. Oh, 100%. He handled himself much better than I ever would. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think Lewis was the most reasonable part, and, and Max as well. The drivers were the most reasonable party in all of this, I think, because the drivers... I have one thing to get off my chest, actually. Just one small thing. Toto Wolf and Mercedes in general, I think, showed fucking poor class and really, really poor form and just poor, poor sportsmanship where Christian Horner was trying to find, was trying to, like, shake hands with Mercedes after, like, in the pit lane area after the... Like, you know, the, the cool down lap, I suppose. And the Mercedes staff were refusing to shake hands. Toto just went straight to the office. They didn't make any really? comments. They didn't say yeah, anything. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, no. And I understand that they, were, that they were angry. But if any person is to be angry in that situation, it's to be Lewis Hamilton. And the sh- how Lewis acted, yep. how his father acted, that shot yeah, of absolutely. him with Jos and Max after the race. I think Lewis's stock went through the roof, but I think Toto's stock went down. Because there's a certain point where, like, winning isn't everything. Mm -hmm. Particularly when you just won the Constructors' Championship as Mm -hmm. well. Which really, they say, is the most important thing because that's where the money is. So for him to act the way that he did and not just shake Horner's hand like a fucking man, I think just shows who Toto really is. And then on the flip side, who Max, who Christian, and who the Hamiltons are. I think that's a fair point. As someone who is very big, very open about not liking Hamilton and that, that's the thing. He's not a. I'd say Hamilton's not a bad. He's just not my cup of tea in terms of his type of personality. But like Hamilton's a good dude, and that's the thing. Like what? He's. A, he, I think he's. Wow. He's a, he's a good, he's Big a, for a man. He, he's a good. He's that's it. He's a good bloke. He's a. He's a fair and respectful mm. bloke in that. And for the most part, that's the thing. Hamilton's definitely. You know, you can tell the times where he's been very frustrated and he's kind of been like, oh, I didn't like. But you know, 
he still he always keeps it much much more me- like it's it's Toto who has mm. just lost the plot in terms of and Toto normally is measured. I mean mm-hmm. he, that it's Toto who's lost the plot. They see that Lewis is all that, and that's the thing. Yeah, you know his dad was class, Lewis was class, and that. That's it. At the end of the day, my biggest thing that stems with my dislike of Lewis Hamilton is just uh, I, he seven, wins too much. Seven seven years yeah. of him winning over eight years. It's just oh sorry, six years of him winning over a seven year block was just you know it's just you know I, that's the thing. It was getting to the point with Vettel where I mean I was sick of Vettel because I was annoyed at the whole Mark Webber thing, mm-hmm. but like it was starting to get enough, and then he stopped winning, and then his image completely rebuilt. That's the thing. We've reached this point with Hamilton. Where yeah, it's just kept on going, and so it's made it. It's it's hard to you know unless you're genuinely that to think like I mean to be honest, even if the Denver Broncos went out and won the next seven Super Bowls, I guarantee you by the end of Super Bowl seven, I'd be starting to maybe wouldn't do it openly because I am a Denver Broncos fan, but secretly <laughs> I'd probably be there like let's think of it. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I kind of hope the Saints win this game against us. Are the Denver like, Broncos your favorite sporting organization? No, it's just a good one. To, I do because I have so, a strong support to them. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know whether I have a tie up at the top of the moment. Because Brisbane Broncos, uh, Atletico Bron- Broncos could probably bring out the most passion in me because yep. it's the club of always. That Atletico and Cardiff, my football love's not as high yep. as it is at times. So it, it sort of flits around in that. Um, you know, because you know that probably Hamilton the Australian was women's cricket team. Fair enough. Hamilton was very obviously displeased. Like oh, he was absolutely. heard on the radio. He thought it was manipulated <laughs> as well. And yes. fairly enough. He had to step away to talk with his dad before he came out to see the media. There was, a, I think, it was the order went for the interviews with Science Max yeah. and then, and Lewis. that's completely fair. There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. That's the thing, yeah. But the way he spoke was absolutely exemplary. I thought, yeah, no, and, definitely, no, and that's the thing. Like, because we, awesome. we've said that drivers will get on the radio, and you're like, but like, I'm like, the drivers are the one I'm okay with. You're in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want to vent around. That's how you do. You know. We will do it in different ways. You'll you'll get a bit annoyed at a video game and you'll slap the couch and that. That's Lewis jumping I've on the broken, radio. I've broken a phone, two controllers, yeah. and a laptop playing video games. So, yes. And you broke a door not being able to get into a house. Also a door. <laughs> I've broken a door and a wall. <laughs> so, and yes. that, so, But, like, that's the thing. But all the drivers have been, you know... And obviously Hamilton, I mean, he's had his things. He said he doesn't think Max races very safely and stuff like that. But even that, he still said that in a, you know... A more mild-mannered tone than like Toto said a lot of these things and that. But Toto uh, was already writing off the uh, protest to lodge. Indeed. Which, by the way, they've both already been dismissed. Yes. Now to close this off and move on to wrap other things and wrapping up this show. My personal little quote on the thing is obviously just regard to your social media stuff and that. It's been two days now, guys. Let's just all agree to disagree and just move on with it and reset and look forward to next season for Formula One. The other the quote I saw that I really like came from actually topgear.com on, to online from uh, nice. Adam Waddell. And his quote was, was Max lucky? Maybe. Was Lewis unfortunate? Maybe. Should everyone just accept the result? Definitely. Mm. Now let's all just move on. That's fair. A result that I cannot accept is the fact that McLaren have lost to Ferrari by 48 and a half points. I predicted them to beat Ferrari by 50 points. That and was, it's fucking that bullshit. That was good. That might be your best segue. Thank, Thank you. Lando's a bitch. Daniel Ricciardo... <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo is washed up. He's the poor man's Oscar Piastri. Exactly. Ah, oh, mate. He's not even in Oscar Piastri's Poor man's Jack Doohan. Poor man's Jack Doohan. He's, he's, he's a poor... Poor man's Callum Williams. Who's the fucking... Not, not that bad. <laughs> Alex, he's a poor man's Alex Peroni at this point. He's fucking shit. I mean... 
Caleb Williams is still at F three. Alex Perotti is it? Like no. Stuff and Caleb Williams. Alex Perotti showed more showed more potential than that is also true. Ricardo's washed up. Norris has been garbage since Sochi because he's a whining little arrogant petulant child. Really who needs to with grow him, the fuck up. Honestly, like grow some testicles, dickhead. And do you know what? I'm displeased, you know? I was anti-McLaren at the start of the year, then I finally swap over to support them, and they fuck me in the ass. I will say, as someone who, I know me and Spence were very much pro-McLaren in that, in theory, if we all draw it up, well, I mean, I think Williams is narrowly my team, but, like, the Mm. teams that are kind of relevant at this time in the sport, McLaren is, in theory, my favourite team. That's fair. But, like, and they have been for that. But, like, oh, have I been satisfied with that? And I'd argue it now, if we actually look at it possibly on cumulative driver pairing rather than the actual team itself and that. I probably am a Ferrari fan right now. They have I yeah. they have my favourite driver. Does that mean both of you are Ferrari fans, technically? Yeah, because obviously we all know how much I love Carlos Sainz and you yes. can't not love Charles either. He's well, just... this is a question I want to pose. So Sainz, he obviously got his podium. He's now scored in 15 consecutive races and claimed his fourth podium of the season. I'm not actually certain how he did it because, like I said, the cameras were on Max and Lewis the entire race, so Lord knows. Uh, it gave Science his highest ever finish with fifth in the Drivers' Championship and a five-and-a-half-point lead over Leclerc. Boys, is there a genuine discussion to be had over whether Science can be Ferrari's number one driver moving forward? Yes. Yes? Spencer? Well, I mean, he is. He is? He's, he's well, done it? So Science is now the number one driver. He's the number one driver. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just think they need a free right away to let them... To a summer set, Leclerc's the chosen let, one. Let the well, they need to if they're in a if they if the new regs have them in a competitive enough position, mm-hmm. they need to let the boys play for at least a few rounds, and then whoever's got off to the I mean if they're close, that's when they're in trouble. But if one of them gets off to a stronger foot to start of next season and is in an actual competitive position, then they have to go. Okay, well he's the number one now. Mm-hmm. But like at least for the first few rounds, yeah, they're gonna have to let the boys play. Like. I've said this, and I've said this for a long time, and I've thought it for even longer. I genuinely believe Carlos Sainz is world championship material. Mm. I always said, I obviously, they were only, only ever going to promote Max to that Red Bull seat. And rightly so. When they did. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But, like, if Max wasn't there, there's every, like, Carlos would have fit the bill perfectly. He was, that's the thing. And I was saying to you, because I was trying to convince Tim of um, when we were there. I mean, of Tim is his work. third shout out of the fucking indeed, podcast. Indeed. Congratulations, but Tim! Every time now, you actually look at the people Carlos has been with. Carlos's first teammate, like in the in Formula One, freshly minted world champion Max Verstappen. Yep, went toe to toe with him. Max, maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. They were you hard to split them. They were pretty much beautiful parody the pair of them at um, Toro Rosso. Yep. Obviously, Max got the promotion because he was twelve years old, whereas Carlos he was, was a normal age. Years old. But, you know, and he was the wounded kid. But, like, Carlos stacked up against Max Verstappen just fine. He had the weird period at Renault. But, I mean, he was at Renault with, I think, Hulkenberg. And Hulkenberg is a very solid driver. And Carlos did just fine there. He then went to McLaren. And he had Lando Norris, who are various levels of liking or disliking Norris on this table. Fucking we can dude. definitely all agree, once he gets the head screw back on properly, this is a dude who is world championship competing caliber. Carlos signs. I, Norris did always finish ahead of him, but I think we all fairly know it's because Sainz had some pretty shit luck in yep. his McLaren years. When they were, things were going right, Carlos Sainz, easily toe-to-toe with Norris, wasn't getting outmatched there at all. Then he went 
now to Ferrari with his third in four teams, like elite caliber, world championship caliber teammate, mm. Charles Leclerc, considered one of the top top drivers in the sport. And he's beat him. He's only just, but that's it. He's gone toe-to-toe with him mm. and he's come out on top. It is time for everybody to sit up and recognize that Carlos Sainz is amongst Formula One's elite in terms of driver talent. Mm. And if he has the car below him that can get him there, this is a man who can win a world championship. He's just, he's got the oldest head on the grid outside of the select few. Like we speak, we speak about last year with the rotten luck. He still finished ahead of Lando at the end of the year on points. That's true. Bang. But how he did it, I don't know. Lando shit. He did the same thing the year before against Lando Norris by a hefty margin. And he's done the same thing this year for Ferrari. The thing for him, like you said, it's like it's about getting the car underneath him. Because if he gets that car underneath him, and next year, if the cars are a little bit closer together, like one thing that Carlos does better than most is that he like he doesn't get too high even when he has his podiums, but he never gets low. It's just always on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Like he has shit luck, but he just keeps on persevering. He never gives up. And for, like Charles is probably the more talented driver, yes. I would say, in terms of like raw pace. But Charles, like, Carlos would never in a million years do what Charles did at Monaco in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's almost the, the chat of Carlos signs is that weekend in Monaco, we're talking about Carl, um, Charles getting pole position. Carlos finishes second. Mm. Good point. We talk about Carlos signs like, oh, Charles Leclerc all year, mm. and Carlos finishes ahead of him. We're talking about Max and fucking Lewis, on, and he's on the Carlos. podium. We're talking about Lando, and he beats, he beats him at Fuck McLaren. Lando. Like, it's, he's, he's just there. Insane. He's always there. He's just, he's fantastic. And yeah, he's like, he lives by his mind. He's a smooth operator. Smooth fucking operator. He's just always, and like, I think he raced it, he scored points in 20 out of 22 races yes, this year. Yes, that's correct. Just phenomenal consistency. It really is. And the only one to finish every race after Giovinazzi's retirement. Question. In Abu Dhabi. If it comes down to it, because there have been sort of rumors that there is a bit of, Fracker within the Ferrari camp. If it comes down to it, are you taking Leclerc's slightly more potent talent or Science's consistency? If you have to choose one, at this exact second, yeah, sure. That decision would probably well. That's it. I'm like, because in two years' time, it'll probably have unraveled itself when yeah. the situation becomes fully untenable. Yeah. Right now, um, I'm going for option C, which is an aneurysm that kills me because I don't think I could make that decision. It's a tough one. It's a it really is. tough one. But, I mean, I'm probably going to go Carlos because I was literally I said, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, aside from the fact that I'm going to, well, un- until we get three races into the season and I realize I just can't cheer for anyone in a Mercedes. Yeah. I'm still going to stick by George is my favorite driver, but like just by the, I threw a mixture of, I mean, I've always liked it, but through a mixture this year of how much I'm like, I've just, I feel very firmly, I've always felt firmly on his talent and I'm starting to feel very vindicated about it and like ahead of the curve as more people maybe recognize just how good Carlos is. Mm-hmm. Carlos is probably actually up to my second favorite driver on the grid. Like, just because I'm like, yeah, see, I was fucking right about this guy. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about so you, Spencer? I'd, I'd want to go Carlos. You go Carlos? Carlos is probably like my fourth favorite What driver, about you, Spencer? You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Carlos as well. And for the simple fact that when you're going speed versus consistency, like, if Charles Leclerc is your fastest driver and you're going up against Lando, Max, and Lewis next year, who are Mercedes' equal fastest drivers, he's number four in that list. Whereas Carlos Sainz, in terms of the most consistent driver, Carlos, like, outside of Max and Lewis, who are on another fucking level, you take those two out of the equation next year in those top teams, Carlos is the most consistent. 
Daniel Ricciardo can't find fucking pace for more than five minutes. George Russell is going to have a big fucking adjustment period, and he's there, there are going to be errors there next year. Like, I want George Definitely. to do well. I think it's going to be awesome for him next year, but he's going to have some dramas. High highs, And then those. with Lando as well, like, all, all those other guys around, even Sergio and the Red Bull this year, again, will be much better next year. But... Yeah, he just has the consistency over all of them. And at the end of the day, I want a guy that's scoring me points in 20 out of 22 races over the guy that is, like, and again as well, Charles is, like, he's a, he's a little bit of a bitcher. He bitches oh. a fair bit. And I think that he expected... He always apologises, though. He always apologises. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that if I want, if I want my bitchy drivers, I'm going to choose Lewis or Max because they're faster. And Charles I don't think I, I think I think if you so put Charles, Charles in any of the pick. top cars, he does the same. He still does the same things. Whereas I think if you put Carlos as the number two driver for Mercedes or Red Bull, mm-hmm. I think he goes he to another level. <laughs> he Every wins. single he car that he's in, one. he just extracts so much out of it. He's but just, then again, he is, do you? And, but I think Ferrari just need to make sure that they play that to their advantage, mm-hmm. and that they That's just fair. make sure that when. When Charles is having his good race, when Charles is on, Carlos needs to get the fuck out of the way. But when Charles is having a shit day, they need to fucking gas, gas Carlos up and make him aware that, that he needs... Because if without Carlos this year, Ferrari don't finish third. Yep, agreed. It just doesn't happen. If old man Vettel's... I'm not going to use it, but I have just thought... McLaren were the only team to get a 1-2 this season, and they finished fourth. But That's crazy. equally, do, do you want, as a let's say if you're Bonotto... Do you want the guy who scores three podiums or the guy who gets the race win? Because you guys have talked multiple times this season that the race win is the most important part. The See, actual win. And, but my thing is... But do I even, have the car even, underneath me? Even, ha- even, ha- even halfway through this season, I would probably be like, Charles... And Charles, obviously, still a little bit because I hire that. But I'm like, uh, uh, Carlos will get you the race win. Carlos' race win is coming. Carlos will get you. But it hasn't race. happened. It hasn't Leclerc happened has made that happen, and he's shown twice. Enough. And he he bit Leclerc. Did, that's the thing. Leclerc showed the sh- he's the shitbox whisperer. Yep. But his two wins came when he had the best car on the grid. He's never he's never not won when he had the his best. His podiums car on the grid. last season were fucking amazing. His podiums though, though but like Carlos's podiums have still been a little True. bit. Uh, but this is this was a midfield car. This this was, last year it was a shitbox, and Leclerc still got podiums. Oh, absolutely, and that and that's that. But like, I don't. I'm still like, I think, you know. Yes, if they're still not quite at that level of being competitive enough, and that it's more likely that Charles will pull something amazing out of the bag, like a Monaco or something, because you know if he hadn't crashed at Monaco, there was a, in the qualifying, there's a good chance maybe he could have won that race. Mm. But I'm also like, I don't, I don't think that gap. I would argue, in my eyes, the gap between that outright, you know, ability to do something crazy, win the race, and that. Is not as which is obviously Charles is ahead of is not actually as big as the cap I think is between the Carlos is just so consistent. It's fair, so consistent because even when and Carlos will have crap qualifiers, but every time Carlos has had a crap qualifying, he's raced. He still finished seventh somehow because he yeah. just he's just there and he's just like, well, that wasn't great. Let me fix this. I I am so excited for next season because you could potentially like look. Let's be honest with the new regs. There's probably just going to be one. The horses are going to perfect the new car and just go on a 10-year hey, run of Schubert, If Mick Schumacher becomes world champion, yeah. I am here for but it. But we could potentially have a situation where we've got 
multiple teams competing. Let's go Lando versus Charles versus Lewis versus Max versus Sergio versus fucking... Not Ricardo, no, his no, shit. No, versus Carlos. Getting Lewis out of here. It's Max. And George as well. It's Max versus George versus Charles versus Lando versus, versus Albon. Alex it's Albon. The, <laughs> it's, the, it's the fucking Twitch streamers. It could be so fucking interesting. It's the and Twitch I, streamers. I, I and don't... Max, by association of the fact he plays our racing, but he doesn't stream yeah. it because he's just not as cool. The one time Leclerc did we have, should have a car a that title could contenders. compete. Yeah, exactly. The one time Leclerc had a car that could compete, he, he won races. That's yes. all I'll say. So... It's an interesting debate to be had. Like, you can make a fair argument for the top four teams and the two each of the two drivers they have. Oh, yeah. That all of them can... Because even Sergio's comments after the race and fucking credit him. And I think we should mention as well Christian Horner, obviously Verstappen calling him a legend. I love Christian Horner quipping back to Max when he was defending Hamilton, saying that he was an animal. Because <laughs> I think Sergio Perez did act like an animal. He yes. said that he struggled this year with the new car, but with that new car next year, he says that he's coming for Max. And George yeah. is going to be thinking the exact same fucking thing. That's true. La Lando and Daniel are going to be thinking the exact same thing. Ricardo's got a point to prove. Carlos and Charles as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. Sergio, I think Sergio, with everything he did this weekend, if he gets to grips with that car and he's up there, he, he got Maxi's title. Even if he did that, like, well, even if he did, he, he pulled out, you know. He played his role. He, he assisted. He, he met, whilst in, in many ways the FA made it a whole mute thing in that, he did everything right. Well, no, actually he did because Max's pit stop put him behind Perez actually mm -hmm. racing. So Perez would have been in front of him. Yes. So he did his job and everything perfect in giving Max his title. So mm -hmm. he's earned his kept. So if he's good enough next season, he can, play, he should, he can if he wants to play the card off. I, I got you a championship. So fucking I'm going to go get my own one now. Fucking deal with it, mate. Deal with it. Plus, I think there's a very strong chance regardless of how... Well, I don't know for sure, but regardless of how he does, I think... He probably leaves Red Bull at the end of next season because yep. I think there's Agreed. a strong chance they promote Gasly or just go straight or, in for Oscar Piastri. Yep. So or what's he got Dennis to lose? Hager dominates F2 and got, they just slot Hager straight got, in there, what's bro. What's he got to lose? Yeah. What's he got to lose? I, I I'm think looking forward to it. That having had this season we've just had, I think next season will also be rather juicy because, you know, let's see what Alpha Tauri do. Oh, Yuki, Yuki showed some fucking talent Yuki, this Yuki weekend. Is, Yuki is, you know, looked... He's, bad, he's come along know, well in the second so half of the season. I, Gasly's I, I obviously might, a beast. Yeah. Gasly is a fucking beast. There's a genuine, there's, like, the top there 10 There was a lot drivers. of talent on this grid. Absolutely. And there was a lot drivers. of talent. That's the thing. There was a lot of talent in the feeder series as well. Like, yep. We're already, let's think, the names, to have a little cross of here, the names that have basically walked away and are not going to get into Formula 1 from the last season of that, Dan Tictum, who I think is probably the second raciest person in F2 this year behind Piastri, he will obviously, he's, because of character issues, but he will never be the Formula One. Yeah. Callum Isler, who was arguably, I'd say, the raciest person in F2 last year, he's now going to IndyCar. I don't think he'll ever make Formula One now. And Christian Lungard, who is definitely underwhelmed in F2, but he's still a very, very strong name. It was an academy for a reason. He's committed to IndyCar. He's given up on the F1 Schwartzman. dream. Schwartzman. Schwartzman, yep. Schwartzman looks like he'll just be going to Ferrari sports car program because there's not a spot for him in that. De Vries, who won a championship, who's there. And obviously, even Piastri himself will be sitting on the sidelines this year. And shout out to Piastri for winning the F2, F2 champion championship. and the first man ever to do the three-peat, winning his relevant, like, re more, yeah. more regional F4-type regional category, then F3, then F2. Uh, Russell and Leclerc were only able to do the F3, F2 double. No one in the modern era of these championships has ever done the three-peat. Yep. So Piastri is in his own. We have an Australian prodigy on our hands, boys. We, and have, and we may have Melbourne. a secondary one who's not quite as strong, but Jack Dillon. Alex Perona. Like, <laughs> hey, we, we could be... 
Hey, if Ferroni's good enough over in Indy, we could have fucking an Australian true. dominating F1 and IndyCar at the same That's time. That's true, true. Yeah, there are some good Australians out there. Um, and I do, just to drop it on this one as well, I have a little theory here with Piastri. Obviously, my, my main theory is, uh, this will be simple, he's reserve reserve test driver for Alpine this next coming season. I think there's a very strong chance, and I kind of hope Alonso will probably announce sometime next year that this was the last year. Although he's doing well, maybe not. But, like, Alonso leaves that at the end of the season, and Piastri's there ready to come in after a year off into that Alpine seat. My other thing with particularly just how bloody good and dominant he's been these last two weeks and he was just uh, so authoritative in winning this title realistically from Monza on it never looked like anyone else was going to win it <laughs> my other hot theory which I've dropped to Deshaun and I'm so special see that I reckon there's a chance the big teams come come a hunting and Alpine can't compete with them in terms of that so I I wouldn't shock me if Red Bull come to him and go hey yep. we know you've always been an Alpine Academy driver but uh yep. Perez, we're letting Perez, Perez, Perez is leaving into this we're putting Gasly into the Red Bull seat do you want to race at Alpha Tauri, which basically will be just as good of a car? Maybe, maybe not quite as good, but it should probably be near enough as good of a car as an Alpine for him to debut in. Yes, and he's straight in the pipeline with a, you know, if Gasly fails again, or in a few more years when maybe Mercedes makes that big coup for Max or something, like a Red Bull yep. seat will be there at some point. Yes, so like that, or you know, if George turns out to be a flop, maybe Mercedes will come in for him, or yes. if if Ferrari have to split the parties away because it's untenable. Seat at Ferrari, because he's better when, than their academy drivers. When Andretti buy themselves a seat at the table, yeah. let's yeah. go, boys! But plenty of options for Oscar. Uh, oh, he's an absolute exciting. star, and I look forward to seeing what Jack can do and following along as our man in F two next yep. season as well. I am very excited for twenty twenty two and the years to come. But I think the last major point I want to talk about is actually more in terms of history than the future because Kimi yeah. Raikkonen raced his last yes, ever race in Formula 1 and that a bit underwhelming unfortunately superb segue as well shout out to the Alfa Romeo livery designers because I thought we're talking about the we'll leave you alone now the Kimi. we will leave you alone yep very nice I thought that was uh, pleasant and also what, what was Gio is just something Italian I'm not sure what shout out to Gio as well who's also gone um to the second worst team in Formula E, I found out today. So good for him. Better than Dan Tickton's team, yeah, though. Kimi, over his career, 349 races, 21 wins, 103 podiums, and 18 poles. Will Buxton described uh, him as... One world championship? Yeah, well, we all know he won a world championship. Come on, man. You've got to include that. That's He's, all, he's from Finland. He's Will from Finland. Buxton described him as a soft-spoken, enigmatic personality of immense skill. Spencer, how would you describe Kimi Raikkonen and his impact on the sport of F1? I mean, it's a weird one because you'd have to say overall when you look at the stats that he probably... I mean, it looks like he's underachieved because of just the the run that Red Bull and Mercedes have put on in the last... or just over the last decade. But, yeah, I think he was one of the few people that just simply refused to just buy into any of the media bullshit. Yep. Like, he was easily the most beloved driver on the grid amongst the paddock. Um, I think the relationship that he had with Giovinazzi in his last couple of years with Alfa Romeo was really lovely to see. And just how he handled the whole being essentially swapped out for Leclerc at the start of the 2019 season. Um, him in that fucking silver and black McLaren was just fucking just some of the best times in F1. He pushed Michael Schumacher when Schumacher was on another fucking level. And... Yeah, what was it? Almost 20 years in F1. Um, he raced with both Max Verstappen and Max Verstappen's dad, which is pretty fucking yeah. crazy. And as it stands right now, 
Obviously, Fernando looks like, I think, if Fernando races all of next season, he should break the record, but he currently holds the record for most starts in F1 history. And, yeah, I think it would be sad to see him go, but I think also at the same time, I think it was the right time because you don't want his legacy being tarnished too much from being in a shit car. And I think it was quite. It was nice that he got voted driver of the day as well. So it did happen. We we got it. We we made it happen. That's brilliant. Just a shame. It's just a shame um, he wasn't still racing to get the interview. Which I think I think he's pretty happy. He was already fucking on a beach. Well, not oh, on the beach. Sure, yeah. I, I don't think Kimmy's a big beach guy. He's a yacht guy. He oh, yacht. he's a yacht guy. He, he was already forget, on the yacht, never, mate. Never forget when he crashed out in Monaco and just went to his yacht. <laughs> or when there was the rain delay in China and he just went and had an ice cream. That's but uh, I think, yeah, for me, I was my, my piece on Kimmy. When I, like, he's obviously, as the newer kids have come in in my current Prima Formula 1, he's definitely slid down a bit in terms of like where I would have put him in my favourite drivers, say like this season and that. But if I think about the entire decade or so I've watched Formula 1 and that, in terms of like my all-time favourites, there's three names. Mark Webber, Australian, Sipolaz, Jensen Button, Kimmy Raikkonen. That's, the, that's my top three all-time drivers in terms of my favourites in my period watching Formula 1 and that. He was just... He was just cool. He was just cool. There was always a brilliant quote, whether it was him on the radio, you know, telling the team he knew what to, to leave him alone, he knew what to do, or, you know, needing his gloves, his glove, gloves and steering wheel, give me my gloves, tell him to give me my gloves. All the time that I think, I, Martin, Martin Brundle, but I think Martin Brundle or whatever, the, the green interviewer came up to him and asked him if he'd, uh, you know, seen the, like, that uh, Pelé tribute or whatever they'd just done, and he goes, oh, no, I was uh, having a shit. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, and it's one thing, because obviously it's the thing, he's very cold with the media and he puts out a fair of that. And there was some hilarious moments in like the Grill to Grid series and that. And mm. like, it's funny because he clearly did that. And he's, like, he's doing like really, he's actually doing like really good through the world champion one. He's actually naming them all really well. And he starts that and they just sort of go and they're like, oh, you know, and he sort of listens. I have to keep you on. They're like, oh, well, if you get one wrong, you, you know, you can leave. And he just goes, oh, oh, uh, 1990, you know, 1994. Uh, me? <laughs> all right, I'm off. <laughs> I'm done, mate. And that. But it was just one thing, because obviously so he, he made a social media post about looking forward to me. I spend more time with his family and that. There was a photo of him and his family. And it's one of the things, he's obviously, he's got a very frost out, but I'm just like, Kimmy Raikkonen in my is probably a fucking sick dad. I just, I just <laughs> see him, I reckon, he's a, I reckon he is a great dad. A great dad. Good dad vibes from Kimmy Raikkonen, yeah. And how cool would it be to have your dad be Kimmy Raikkonen as well? Was he uh, bummed that his last ever race was done early by a fucked up wheel? Nope. Nope. The end result doesn't matter. It's the end now. I'm looking forward to it. Power to he's, you, Kimmy. He's great. We will, we will, as I said, I'm Flavor Spencer. I'm going to miss him immensely, but it was it was the right time to go. Both for the sense of I don't want to see him languishing in the back as well. And, like, it's, as I've said for a while, there is just this wealth of talent in the feeder junior series and that. The veterans need to step aside so we can let the new breed in. Like, yes. you know, even if you put him back in a good car, I don't think Kimmy's going to be challenging for a world title anymore. But Guan Yu Zhou, while I don't, I don't think you know there is it. While I don't actually think Guan Yu Zhou is good enough to have a chance for a world title, there is a better chance that a twenty-two or whatever year old Guan Yu Zhou could develop into and be in the right car, challenging for a world title. Whereas there is no chance Kimmy ever challenges for one again. That's so fair. it is time to step aside and let the let the young crop in. Yeah. Although technically he was replaced by Valtteri Bottas, who's also not challenging for a world title. But that's we love some Valtteri Bottas action, though, don't we, boys? But uh, yeah, some other fun little points. Unless you have you boys have any more Kimmy chat? Not particularly. 
Nah. Huge news! As Sebastian Vettel has claimed the 2021 Overtake Award, beating out fellow old people Fernando Alonso and the now retired Kimi Raikkonen to claim it. Meanwhile, Red Bull have collected the 2021 DHL Pit Stop Award, and Lewis Hamilton has picked up the Fastest Lap Award, also sponsored by DHL. So, uh, good for them. We're all very happy. So FedEx. But, uh, proud of Seb Vettel. You think Seb Vettel has one more year of competitiveness left in him? Absolutely. Absolutely? Absolutely. He definitely has one more um, year of being Formula One spirit animal slash just wholesome dad. Just wholesome dad. Just everyone's favorite. What a dad chat coming out from you here, Matthew. Okay. What a dad chat. Yeah. Would you rather Seb or Kimmy be your dad? Depends what or facet Spencer. of it is. <laughs> definitely not Spencer. Mm. Okay, Kimmy, Kimmy would be like... But <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, mate, Vettel, Vettel, again, I reckon Vettel's probably an incredible dad. He's just a, I'll such go a great Kimmy guy. just for the hairline. That's, no, that's a fair shot. Actually, I do wish Kimmy was my dad. I wouldn't like to still have a decent hairline. Yeah, fucking Jesus oath. Whereas uh, Seb has the same, Seb, Seb's hairstyle sometimes reminds me a bit of yours. You've got the same sort of like... <laughs> Puffy up, like not, <laughs> but it's it's the same sort of like vol, like there's volume in terms of like height to like the curly front and that. But if you look at it close enough, you're like, oh, that is that I'm is 